Well, it's going to be a clear night tonight and a beautiful afternoon coming back at us tomorrow. But the breezes are picking up and there may be patches of fog following Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Overnight, though, lows drop the upper 40s to low 50s with a patch of fog a possibility. In the afternoon tomorrow, in the upper 60s under sunny skies mostly. Clouds come in Tuesday night and scattered showers Wednesday. A warmer afternoon, patches of fog Wednesday morning, followed by clouds and showers. The afternoon high goes to low 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. That's hardly a promising start, let's put it that way. Uh, you know, I, th- this is the point at which I would jump in and give the phone number, but I'm not going to give the phone number because you will not be able to call us today. So um, uh, it, it's almost automatic, but, uh, but I'm just going to, I'm going to move along and leave it at that. Uh, we had, I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. It was a, uh, it was a, a, a I just can't believe Christmas has come and gone already and that we are now into the very last days of the year. And uh, here we are. That's all you can say about it. Here we are. So, uh, Tom, would you like to join us? Tom is walking around looking for something unbeknownst to me, and I think it might be a piece of paper to write on. So what I should have done was just get up and get it in the first place. Uh, but would you, oh, like to, would you like to join us, Tom? Join you? Yeah, why don't you join us? How about that? All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Christmas. If you, oh, you know, I was going to say, if you have anything to report your own self about Christmas, um, give us a call. But you can't do that because we can't talk. So uh, we're just going to wing it our own selves here and talk about our Christmas. Um, we, uh, I've made a decision, and it's, it's one that I never believed I would make, but here it is. There will be no more um, events here at the Fitzmorris house for Christmas. I've decided I, have, I, I can let it go. You know, we, we have a real problem in this house, and that problem is that we uh, tend to want to hold on to things far longer than they should be held on to. And that's sort of a problem for us. And it proved to be so uh, over the, well, not over the weekend, but over the Christmas holidays. Um, It's not, you know, we used to have great, great times here. Uh, We used to have a bunch of little cousins playing and they would play till all hours. We had bonfires. We had all kinds of stuff that was super fun. 
And it's just hard to say those things are over, but they are in fact over. And so now it's another phase. So maybe, maybe we'll just start going out for Christmas. Well, or it was something pretty like that. We'll have to find out what everyone else um, has done. We'll have to find out what everyone else has done when they can call us. Gosh, Tom, is today the day for three French hens? All four inches of twelve days of Christmas. Would this uh -huh. be the day for three French hens? Imagine that, and there it is, and it Let's just see. pops up in front After of you. After Christmas, on the first fell day from of the sky. Yeah, so this would be the day for three up. French hens. Yeah, and uh, and more no to become going from. To give us three French hens, or oh. we're not going to find three French hens. I am making gumbo. Making gumbo. Uh, another thing I've decided is I'm sick of leftovers. Tell them, Marianne. <laughs> I'm sick of leftovers. That's another thing I've decided. What? It, yeah, it's uh, it's it's different times. Times they have uh, changed, and that changed. Is that. Mm -hmm. Times they have changed. What uh, what is we the old really and what is the new? Thanksgiving because it was a teeny tiny little Thanksgiving with just the four of us, and then people stopped in, and it was only you know two sets of people stopped in to pick up food and i kind of like that this is mm -hmm. uh there's something to be said for that anyway three french hens is the day today it is the third day after christmas and uh and there we are yeah here it is this would be the day for gumbo actually gumbo probably should have been done before but i've just been you know the the bathroom interminable bathroom thing keeps going and going and going we had our our guy come over yesterday and pull what out did they do? the tile that I had him put in last week. Not hmm. all of it, just one particular part. Because I decided that I did not like the grout color. It's my mistake. I, I chose the wrong grout color. My mistake? If you doing anything to renovate your house, duh, here's a simple thing that we should have thought of. Make samples. Well, and that's a good my idea. Kids said, "Mom, we could have told you that." And I'm thinking, "Well, why, did, why didn't you?" <laughs> so, we uh, I chose this color for grout, which I didn't like at all. And so, there was one particular part of the the bathroom wall behind what would be the toilet that was just it, it was too dark. I mean, it made me dizzy to look at it. So, we pulled that out, and then we've decided that we might just grout cut some of the grout out and grout on top of it. I don't know, but the bathroom just goes on forever and ever and ever. So in other words, if it sounds like I haven't been having a very good time the last few days, I have to say maybe that is true. What? Today, Tom, in 2003, Ralph's on the Park opened. That was 17 years ago. Oh my gosh. 17 years ago you did what? 17 years ago, Ralph's on the Park opened. Ooh, 23. You know what's funny? No, um, tell us. I didn't realize this, but I had a 50th birthday party. It's a long story. Um, 50. I had a 50th birthday party that was part of an eat club in 2004. Oh, which one did you go to? It was at the Ralph's eat on club. the Park. It was at Ralph's on the Park. Ralph's and, on the yeah, Park. And that was, that was no, right I wouldn't before have guessed Katrina. That. I mean, not right before Katrina. It was nine months before Katrina. But, um, but that was my first, I think introduction to Ralph's and then of course it was closed for a while after Katrina and then 
you know, it's emerged kind of a different place. Not too different, though, but it, it's, uh, we like Rouse on the Park. Do you like so Rouse? So do I. We love Rouse on Always the Park, did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, uh, first of all, I like the park so much. It's yeah. in a perfect location. It's mid-city. You love mid-city. <clears throat> and you could just jump out there, and the next thing you know is your best, you're, you're ready to go, which isn't a big, big deal of investment in your work. But and all the other things you mentioned earlier are absolutely true. Those little little puddles of uh, things that you see as you well, progress. Not Ralph's on the park, but Ralph's on the park was Tavern on the Park before that. Did you like Tavern on the Park, Tom? Laus on oh, wait, say Tavern that. Tavern on the Park. Yeah, Cavern on the no, uh, not Park. Tavern. It was Tavern. originally Tavern. on where Ralph. Yeah, uh, it Brennan's. was the predecessor to That's Ralph's where he used to be. But and before... I in 1996, my niece got married and had the rehearsal dinner there. And that guy didn't like you very much, did he? I, I know. <laughs> uh, he was... Um, <laughs> he really didn't. <laughs> he, uh, he was a former... Uh, Marine, I think. Marine mm -hmm. is right. And yeah. he was a gentleman. Not a gentleman. I forgot what he was. Anyway, he... Anyway, he, they threw me out of yeah. the restaurant fall. Uh, so we were kind of worried when we had to go to... Because yeah. our daughter was in the wedding... And so we had to go to the rehearsal dinner, but we would have gone anyway. And it was a lovely dinner. Yeah. But um, but Tom was a little nervous that he might get thrown out of. Yeah, I mean, they, it was one of the few where the owner just walked right up in my face and said, "There have been a couple. You of those, don't Tom. don't come in most, here. You know, who do you think you are?" Oft repeated is. Um, and then about well, but you liked it though, didn't you? I did, did like it. I like, like it? I like the location. Yeah, I like I you liked the, the style. So I don't know why he would have thrown you out. But he was. A, I always got the impression from a, a, a Fargin. Moon or whatever he was so poisoning with himself. Yeah, he and he gave the uh, idea that this is a truly elegant, wonderful, marvelous, uh, glowing from the restaurant that he managed. The <laughs> truth is, even, even though he would have liked to expand that much, but he really didn't know what he was doing at all. <laughs> Oh, wait, so, and, so he was one of those restaurateurs that had never been a restaurateur before or never been in the business before? Was there's more than a few of those I here and there. That's a pretty good restaurant. I mean, you can have that situation and have some Yeah, if, if you're talking Meadies, about... for example, they knew nothing about the restaurant business other than that they like to eat in them. It's been a tremendously successful <laughs> restaurant, and that happens. It, it does happen where sometimes people who uh, just open a restaurant become incredibly successful at it it's rare it's definitely yeah. rare but um but in this guy's case i thought it was a pretty successful restaurant how old yeah. was it when they sold it to uh ralph how old uh ralph was still still had a section in there no, because no, but ralph did, is that when ralph closed baco did he close baco in 2003 uh, no, I think he was well uh, in business. When I kind of think that Baco made it past Katrina. He uh, might be wrong had a little that. problem with Katrina. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Ralph moved over to Tavern on the Park, and it's been Ralph's ever since then. And, and it's after wonderful. Ralph. After Ralph, uh, there was another restaurateur who came in and did in another concept that was, again, just on top and right into the middle. But this was funny. Oh, and this one already also um, uh, de deemed me uh, un um, acceptable for the... Yeah, it was Paul Prudhomme. Paul Prudhomme hated you, I was, I was going to yeah. show you the low... Uh, here's... I have a, a, a glass bo uh, thing here. It's... Um, 
Yeah, there's Chef, Chef Paul Rubon. Tom has become Bo- utterly obsessed, <laughs> utterly obsessed with <clears throat> spices. Uh, it's it's a little bit hard to believe, but uh, he's become absolutely nuts about spices and absolutely. Uh, Paul Prudhomme spices are the top of the list. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Uh, I would say the phone number down, but you can't call us right now. Maybe tomorrow we can do that. We'll be back after these messages. One of my favorite places to be in every holiday season is Antoine's. I love the decorations, the traditions, and the food. Go to Open Table and make a reservation for the Antoine's traditional four-course Revion menu featuring local favorites like duck and andouille gumbo, seafood courbillon, and a holiday meringue glacé. $54 plus tax and tip, plus $35 for wine pairings. Antoine, 713 St. Louis Street. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. True, true, true. Mimi's. We were just talking about Mimi's, an excellent restaurant. If you have not been to Mimi's and are not going into the quarter or New Orleans because of COVID, uh, 10 minutes up the road, great experience. Great experience. Chalmette is really like 10 minutes up the road. And uh, delicious charming hosts really good place good especially oysters very good oysters all right so today in 2003 ralph's on the park opened the building across the street from city park had housed the tavern on the park and a string of other establishments dating back to the 1860s i didn't know that tom is that right is what right say it again the building that ralph's on the park is in goes back to the 1860s exactly right wow. it, it is almost the fir- very first business to operate in the middle of that restaurant in city in mid city uh-huh. and it it wow. really changed the idea of what a restaurant should be i had no idea very, i didn't know that they i didn't know that the, the mid city had been around for that long yeah uh, a lot of people don't realize that the that you you uh, park area it has much going on yeah. than most people will think yeah. so. But huh. uh, wow! But that was certainly true about well, maybe them. At that, maybe at that time it was just like around the park for a block or so, and that was it. But I had no idea that that was that old. Yeah. Anyway, it took Ralph Brennan almost two years to repair structural damage and perform a sparkling renovation. The city's avid eaters awaited the restaurant eagerly because of its chef, Gerard Maris 
who wound up staying just a year and a half. Yeah, he's the, the man. The name of the restaurant wasn't decided upon until right before opening night. And then he oystered a whole new version of barbecue shrimp. I thought I'd catch yeah, it. Everyone in town had an idea about the, uh, about the name of the restaurant. You had one called Park Place. Oh, that's a good idea, Tom. That would have been a good idea. All the bad luck Ralph's had in construction was reversed after Hurricane Katrina because there was only minimal damage to the restaurant. After Katrina in Mid-City? Really? Hmm. I'm yeah. surprised by that. That's where barbecues, uh, the barbecue uh, version of Ralph Brennan, uh, Ralph Prellin's. Um, <clears throat> so Brennan's his, on Royal is actually the second time yeah. he's renovated a decrepit building. Well, where he got it from was that he was working at Ralph. At uh, are we talking about Gerard Maris or Ralph yeah. Brennan? Uh, Gerard Maris, who worked uh -huh. at Brennan's yeah. in the the, the uh, what's the name of the. Then, Unroyal, Brennan's Unroyal. Unroyal, no, there's mm -hmm. another name for that. No, only Brennan's. Uh, well, it'll come to me okay. at some point. Today is the <clears> birthday <throat> in 1732 of the 1732. almanac that created the, the genre Benjamin Franklin's Poor Richard's <laughs> Almanac. Mm -hmm. Poor Richard's Almanac is the predecessor of all other almanacs isn't it i'm surprised to hear you say that there was one before that he published benjamin franklin did an almanac for 25 years it made his fortune and allowed him to indulge in among other things the advanced pleasures of food and wine george washington and thomas jefferson were also gourmets it's been a long time since we had such a person in the white house that's exactly right. And uh, I didn't he, realize George Washington was a gourmet. I knew that Thomas he Jefferson was a gourmet. Was. George Washington was a And was George a Washington. They were all gourmets. Is that right? Really? Oh, yeah. God bless him. Huh. Well, I knew Benjamin Franklin was. I'm not, yeah. I'm not Benjamin Franklin. I, well, I knew he was too, but I didn't realize that um, George Washington was. I mean, both of those guys didn't surprise me. Thomas Jefferson had his winery. You know, Monticello out there in Virginia has the wines. Louis Armstrong mm. on this day in 1928 du, du, du. and his Hot Five recorded West End Blues. You know, I like to uh, copy the way certain singers are, and I try to copy theirs, which I think it has something going on. But if there is one content, one uh, talent uh, uh, who uh, is worth copying is Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The problem is, it just doesn't really work for a lot. For anybody else but Louis Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, and <laughs> talk about unique. And Not. then, if you're if you are a real fan of him, of course, it'll go off the, the top of the, the you know. The ceiling. I wasn't really a fan of his until I started uh, listening uh, to. Uh, I you know I shouldn't be trying even trying a little bit to give Louis Armstrong more. Well, you know, Alan has our, uh, he has the, you know what it means to miss New Orleans, but the Louis Armstrong version, because I asked Henry to pull the, um, the Ricky Nelson version, and I didn't really uh -huh. remember even that, or didn't even know, honestly, that Louis Armstrong had a version, so I'm really glad that he pulled the Louis Armstrong version, because it's 
it's really great. And I get it. And then, um, God, the the worst thing about the day after Christmas, which was actually my parents' wedding anniversary, but the day after Christmas is when all the Christmas music goes off. And then I have to back into real life, which I really hate. But anyway, I did enjoy the, um, the Louis Armstrong Christmas song this year. I was looking forward to that. Yeah, the yeah, Christmas music yeah. was kind of um, kind of weird this year because I love uh, Mariah Carey's Christmas song. Oh, that's my. And my, I hardly my, heard it at all. My wife's yes, uh, just loves yes, that. That's uh, right, lady. I do. But but I hardly heard it at all. And in in lieu of that, I got uh, a I lot get more it. familiar. In at all. I got a lot more familiar with some other Christmas songs that I have uh, decided I really, really like as well. So, yes. Anyway, um, the West End Blues is now considered a seminal work both for Armstrong and jazz in general. It was written by King Oliver. It was about the resort community on Lake Pontchartrain, which at the time had clubs and dance halls in addition to the restaurants we knew it for. You know... No. But tell me about it, because I really need to be told. I only know the West End of the 60s and 70s. But the West End before that, the West End goes back to the, the 1800s, doesn't it? Because Absolutely. That train, that train where the, um, what's their name? It, it begins with a U. Um, the people who owned... Uh, Brunings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, I want to say Uglesage. It's not Uglesage. It's um, what's what's their name? It begins with a U, though. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna. It'll come to me. But the family had a really nice house, literally on the lake, <clears throat> in Bucktown, in that street that is now the pumping station. I forget the name of that street. Maybe it was. Maybe it was Lake Is Avenue. it under the know. street, maybe? No, but behind Just Station 6, behind Station 6, uh, there is what used to be that road that went along the canal, and then you had the cool wooden bridge into the West End. I miss that a lot. I thought it was really, really special in its quaintness. But um, the... Oh, man, that's going to drive me crazy. Anybody who's listening that texts me forever during the show, would you please text me the name of the people who started Brunings and held Brunings? Urata, Sam Urata. The Urata was their name. Okay? <clears throat> and, the, and the mom, the, the, the train that went that was along in... the lake ended right there in front of their house. Which is, of course, now obliterated by Katrina. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's, there's one other little angle piece, but I tell you because I don't, I don't know it. Well, anyway, the excuse me, the West End. My image of the West End is probably what most people's is, you know, because I'm getting to be an old timer myself now. But it goes in the but um, you know the the West End that Louis Armstrong sang about was a totally different West End. And Tom, did you have any experience with that West End at all? With whom? That predates us, right? I mean, I. I don't know. My, we never went out to restaurants. My family almost never went out to restaurants. 
We went to Fitzgerald's a few times. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I used to say I could count on one hand the num- number of times I, we went to restaurants, but we did go to Fitzgerald's. Well, the the grow that I mean, not a lot, but Ralph's, we did. Go to Ralph's Ralph's uh, restaurant. To... But before, but before that West End of just the restaurants. Yeah, yeah it's. Did you, uh, ha- did you have any personal experience? Because you used to ride around town when you were eight years old somebody uh if, if you know uh the, did the, you ever have any experience with the west end that louis armstrong is referring to in west end blues do you tom mm-hmm. even well, as was a kid in, did you have any experience with that west end no it's just uh muleping uh about the place that was across from fitzgerald's mm-hmm. which was a, a a really fabulous and the oldest one of all it uh goes back to 1859. How's that? No, is that right? The it, West End goes back to 1850. Tom, is that real? It really is. Is that true? Yeah, and, and if okay. you ever work with, uh, oh, goodness, it's a uh, they're they're uh, they're uh, information in their uh, stub to the tell historic, you what uh-huh. historic thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a really beautiful place uh, in a easygoing kind of way. And uh, you, you have to, if you're doing anything around the edge of New Orleans, you've got to come there and watch it and watch the yeah, well, things come and go. Now. The only thing left of West End is a faded memory that has been somewhat revived by the arrival Bruning. of the scene of um, Blue Crab. Bruning, that's there. Blue that's... Crab harkens back to the old West End. Brunings, yeah, the Nevadas were Brunings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that was your big, big... That, they genuinely were as, uh, how old as I mentioned. And, wow. Hmm. And That's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, right. I didn't either. At one day. When Again, I was, this is, I have to catch myself from blurting out 5569696. Hold that number for tomorrow. Hopefully the phones will be working again and we can talk to you. Yeah. But right now it is time for the bottom of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. And we will be talk- back for more food blather after that. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. A block party of hundreds in Crowley ends in tragedy after gunfire erupts while police were dispersing the event early Sunday morning. Crowley Police Chief Jimmy Broussard says the unauthorized gathering was reported by concerned neighbors just after midnight Sunday, and while police arrived to break it up, two were fatally shot and another was injured. Broussard says the party was a bad idea. There was no social distancing. I doubt there was much mask use. I don't think there was the occupancy requirements that they're requiring. We were just made known of it when we received a phone call. And work has begun on a $54.9 million restoration of the North Breton Island Wildlife Sanctuary, a vital brown pelican habitat just east of Plaquemines Parish. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service spokesperson Taylor Poole says the project will add 400 acres of land, more than doubling the island's size. It's a very vital habitat for these birds, and um, barrier islands are very alluvial in nature. Pretty much, you know, succumb to storm surge impacts and erosion impacts. Louisiana Radio Network. Tiger Rag. Championship Tigers. Football season is fast. Tiger Rack. Hungry for LSU sports news? I am starving. I just worked up a man-sized appetite. Tiger Rag Magazine is ready to serve. Here we go. Awesome. Tiger Rag. Tiger Rag is the Bible of LSU sports. All right, huddle up. Bring it in. Tiger Rag Magazine. Football, basketball, baseball, gymnastics. 
plastics, and so much more. Tiger Rag. Tiger Rag. Tiger Rag editor Ron Higgins and Tiger Rag assistant editor William Weathers cover all things LSU sports and interview some of the best guests in the biz. I think we are on estimating. Celebrating your 2019 National Championship Tigers. Tiger Rag magazine on newsstands and online at TigerRag.com. Tiger Rag. AC Ambulance are the ones to talk to for all your heating and cooling needs. Call Sid, you'll be happy you did. AC Ambulance is also proud to lend a helping hand to our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. The best part is you can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.fridaysfromthefunkyuncle.com every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge December 4th, Russell Batiste and Friends, December 11th, Little Freddie King, and December 18th, Chris Royal and Dark Matter. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, follow us on social media at Fridays from the Funky Uncle. For innovative, premium, energy-efficient indoor climate management solutions, make sure to contact AC Ambulance. You make me feel so young. Who doesn't love to feel young? I'm making gumbo right now. And um, it reminds me of some of the food that we have in the house that we, you know, did for Christmas. And I got to thinking Tom is really enjoying these little snacky things that are puff pastry with a link of sausage in the middle and some cheese rolled into a pinwheel, sliced and then baked so the puff pastry puffs out. And I looked at a picture of a Bialy. Mmm, a Bialy from a long time And I started calling them Bialys and Mary Lee quickly corrected me and she said, look, Don Clement can use the word Bialys. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) yours are sausages and that's about right but they're good and we were snacking on some of them uh before the show nicole dorignac brought me some um uh stuff that i was not finding on the on the north shore um when she went home after you know like thursday christmas eve and she gave me two loaves of stale St. Joseph bread, which apparently they make in the deli at Dorignac's. Mm-hmm. And it is seeded, and it looks like it would be fantastically good if it was fresh. But I am going to make a bread pudding mm-hmm. with this bread and um, maybe a savory bread pudding too. But it, I'm just looking at it right now. It looks really good. I might make breadcrumbs or something. I mean, I just don't want to throw it away. She didn't want to throw it away either. So she had some loaves and she gave me two of them. But I'm going to make a bread pudding with this. I want to go see that bread, though, when um, it's fresh. I want to try it. Well, there's plenty of fresh bread promising. around there. But, boy, that's something you should never fail on the friends you're going to bring them to. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you say, oh, gosh, I put all of my work into getting this done really well. Well, there are lots of things you can put on semi-end uh, of 
conversation bread yes. and uh, anything else you can find. But why not? Well, it's speaking of Nicole Dorignac and Dorignacs, they are the one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time, according to Food mm-hmm. and Wine magazine, and they sponsor the Edible Dictionary. And the Edible Dictionary word today is chowder. Mm-hmm. Chowder. There it is. Perfect. That's, I don't like chowder. I, I mean, love. I, I don't oh, like you don't? clam chowder. I don't like New England seafood chowder, but I do like corn chowder and basic other chowders. I like the idea of a cream soup with chunky potatoes and vegetables in it, but the clam thing kind of leaves me cold. Do you like clam chowder, Tom? I love it, uh, but it has to be the right kind. For example, if you take it to Newark City or anywhere around there, you will be greatly disappointed. If you go to... I bet you not the Union Oyster House. I bet you the Union Oyster House... No, that's... House. That's... Broom. that's um, Wait, not the Union Oyster House. The Union Oyster the, Bar in um, in uh, Grand Central Station. Is it the Union? That's the use... That's the... Uh, What's the no, maybe not. It's the Grand Central Oyster no, Bar. No, you, 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 you've got it already. It's uh, the, yeah, the... Grand Central Oyster Bar. Grand Central Station yeah. in New York yeah. City. Right. I mean, right I'll in the middle. I bet you that chowder's good. It's well under. Yeah, it's downstairs. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, Super but then pricey. there's another place <laughs> to get it. Really pricey and fancy for underneath uh, the train station. <laughs> and this is my favorite one, I think. Uh, uh, if only I can get my head but, around. But Tom, it. have huh? you ever had their clam chowder? Because I bet you their chowder would be good. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. But I'm still going to the. Uh, uh, over in uh, I'm Boston. You still like them, Boston Tom. is the one. I'm surprised you still like the Grand Central. Why? Uh, Grand I, I never Central had a problem. Oyster. Well, you, well, they don't serve. They adamantly do not serve Louisiana oysters. They say, serve oysters from all over You're the world. Not, they won't accept all it. over the world. And they somebody got fired <clears throat> for in, for getting some. Can I Louisiana oysters? Can I give you an addition yeah. on on that one? Yeah, sure. The bastard. <laughs> No, but I mean, uh, the, usually you really it, take personal offense. Let me explain that to like everybody. That. Um, uh, Mary Ann and. Uh, My dad used to yeah. say that. And uh, they, uh, of course, were there in all kinds of places. And um, and Pop there, uh, whenever he says somebody say something that's abstruse or ridiculous, he'll just lean back in his chair and say, you bastard. No, he'd say the bastards. But he's been dead That's for 19 what, I've years. I've heard so that haven't from. haven't heard that for a long time. I've learned that from a numerous. Uh, I know you've you've quoted him often on that. But Tom, usually you take personal offense at someone who does not appreciate New Orleans food as you do. That's why you don't like Bobby Flay and anybody uh, else who says anything guy. against New Orleans food. So the fact that the Grand Central Oyster Bar absolutely doesn't even entertain the idea and never has for Louisiana oysters. Oh, What's that's that? a Vil- given. Vilnius? What is that? Vil something? Hmm? What's that bacteria that causes problems? Anyway, they're absolutely paranoid about that. And so they refuse any uh, 
oysters from Louisiana. We actually had them on the show about that, I guess about a year ago. Because um, it's, it's really like a distinction. No Louisiana oysters ever. So Tom, I'm surprised that you're not mad at them. But you're not. You love that place, don't you? I'd met, wait, I'd what? The Grand Central Oyster Bar. Oh, no, I've been there more it. than I've a few times. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool looking place. and But they do not have, can you believe it's, this? No oysters or cut Never. Jeff uh, does not cross the door. Ever, they ever. will not but Tom, give you, you a, a minute. From there would be good. I'll bet you a chowder well, there would be good. I'll tell you this, and uh, this comes I mean, from. I don't like clams, but uh, I bet you they have a good chowder. Once a long time ago, not not that bad actually. Uh, I was in a comp uh, competition yeah, uh -huh. that was in. Uh, uh, it was in Maryland, uh, wasn't it? It was no. It was uh, pretty gone through a number of. Uh, uh, it was bills, Tom. and then uh, uh, the final point there was uh, uh, they had uh, oysters. They they had uh, your oysters au pois. They did, yeah. Well, and just for that deal. Anyway, it was interesting. Wait, you were you were there? There was a competition. I was, I was in a competition Central, at the Grand Central yeah, Oyster Bar. I was, yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that that's not. I didn't make any story. money, you know. That that's actually is something that you did. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Anyway, back to the original point. As I say, we get on a yellow brick road and just go all over the place on this show. But the Edible Dictionary word and of the day is chowder. Meat upon the flower on the choppy ch I, I, Have I in interrupted you? <laughs> That's the um, somebody. You didn't even get applause. You didn't even get canned no, applause from Henry on good. that time. Yeah. Chowder is one of several culinary categories that can be described as something between a soup and a stew. The broth usually involves seafood, while the more solid parts almost always include potatoes. The mm -hmm. main flavoring elements are yep. fish or shellfish, clams and scallops in particular. See, that must be why, because I don't like clams or scallops, so that's probably why I don't like chowder. Bacon, or something like bacon, pork cracklings, for example. Boy Scouts, did you say that? Did Boy Scouts? No. I don't no, no, I thought I heard somebody <laughs> say. No, we have, yeah. we have a bestoy uh, guy in our moots. In, yeah. Yeah. All right, the main flavoring elements are fish or shellfish. Bacon, or something like bacon, pork cracklings, for example, give chowder its most distinctive flavors. The kind of chowder described above is the one most popular in the northeastern part of America, and particularly in New England. When you find yourself in New England, you eat clam chowder at almost every meal. The Yankees make it very thick. One cookbook says it should be almost as solid as mashed potatoes. Ugh. And you don't go along with that. Nor do you care much for the tomato-based Manhattan style of clam chowder. That's probably what they serve at, at um, the Oyster Bar in Grand Central. Although they probably have both white and red. Anyway, it comes under heavy fire, that red one does, from New Englanders. I don't understand anybody that would uh, do the, the red clam chowder. Or clam chowder at all, honestly. But I do like, I do like a corn chowder. That's the good one. We have that here in restaurants, one. there's a crab and corn chowder, which is good. And I, I love that. Me but too. But usually you don't see the potatoes in that. It's just, like a, it's just like crab in a creamy broth with corn. But it can be good. 
I have crab meat that I spent the requisite amount on for crab meat, and it did not make it into any crab dish for Christmas. So I have this expensive little container of crab meat sitting in the refrigerator, and I hope it keeps long enough for me to either make crab cakes. You know what I was thinking of doing? No, tell us. I, if I had gotten claw crab meat, if I had gotten claw crab meat, I would have done this. But it's lump crab meat. Ooh, tell so us. So I don't want to put it into stuffed crab. But I was thinking that for an appetizer, I was going to make um, stuffed crab like you would see at Blue Crab, but like a real one, a good old West End version, not the Deanie's version or... I don't know. Who was it that really disappointed me with their stuffed crab recently? It was like this Everybody. ball of something, breading mostly. Soft-shell crabs. No, it's not soft-shell, no, but sorry. regular crabs. Regular but I was going to go ahead and make it in a in a cast-iron skillet. Like, like if you were to stuff it into little shells, but you didn't bother, and you left it in the pan. Yeah, you have to... And uh, cooked it as in like a... Um, you know, like a, a, a cast iron skillet and served it with crackers as stuffed crab. I mean, yeah, it's in there. Does that. It's but definitely I, I almost, in there. I almost did that just because I didn't feel like going through the trouble of crab cakes. I ran out of time and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But um, but the fact that it's lump, I feel like I can't really do that. I have to do something special with lump crab meat. I mean, it's just not fair to the integrity of that expensive product. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back after Kudo. these messages. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. I get misty just holding your hand. Tom and I are standing up discussing the piece of paper he has been in search of for the last near hour. You have it in your hand, Tom. Yeah, okay. Would you care to join us? Yeah, why don't you join us for the show? Five, oh, I almost start, jumped off into 5569696. Write that number down and use it tomorrow. It's the number to call us, and we'd love to have you do that. The U.S. patent, Tom, for chewing gum was issued today in 1869. Really? Is that true? Mm -hmm. It is. Well, now you... you <laughs> I'm just going from your almanac, Tom. I hope that's true. It was not a success. In fact, it appears never to have entered the marketplace. Hmm. Oh, those guys. William Finley Semple's formula used rubber as a base. The idea seems to survive in some restaurants, particularly in certain recipes for calamari. An invention with far greater effect on our eating habits 
was that of the automatic dishwasher. <clears throat> it too was patented today in 1886, created by a woman, of course, Josephine. I mean, if I had to wash dishes by hand, I would certainly be looking for a way out of that. Josephine Garris Cochran, she showed it off at the Columbian World Exposition in Philadelphia a few years later. Its fame spread, I'll just bet. And her business grew into the KitchenAid Corporation. Hmm. Good for her. You know, when Tom and I first got married, there was no dishwasher in the apartment where he lived because I moved into his apartment. And I washed dishes for a long time. Actually, not too long. We didn't live there longer than like a year and a half. And um, <clears throat> when, I, when we got here, let's see, did we have a dishwasher right? Yeah, we did. We had a dishwasher right away. So, but the problem with a dishwasher to me, I really don't mind washing dishes. What I really do mind is unloading a dishwasher. I enjoy loading a dishwasher because it's almost like a, it's almost like a puzzle. You know, you, you try to cram absolutely every imaginable thing into every imaginable space. It's a cause. Like my kids love to tease me about that. But then unloading all of that stuff that's been crammed in, I find really, really unpalatable. So I do love, I do love dishwashers, but not so much unloading them. All right, Tom. Today is National Amuse-Bouche Day. It's funny that that is in the almanac today because I was just writing about my favorite amuse-bouches in the piece that we are running for the end of the year. The best restaurant of the year, the best new restaurant of the year is something we don't even have to think about. It is Chifuncta's on the North Shore. And it is because it's absolutely unique at that very top tier for going the extra mile. And what we mean by the extra mile, we've talked about it many times on the show. The amuse-bouches at Chifuncta's include things like homemade profiteroles for a miniature crab salad canapé or amuse-bouche. We also like to talk about, other than Chifuncta, my favorite amuse-bouche in town <clears throat> is the little single meatball at Desi Vega. It's his grandmother's recipe. It's one meatball, like a cocktail-sized meatball, with the sauce that his grandmother passed down. And then it's got a lot of dusting on top of it. It's dusted with a lot of Parmesan cheese, and then it's dusted with little green sprinkles of things like parsley and such. But today is National Amuse-Bouche Day. The Amuse is a small complimentary appetizer served even before the appetizer. The perfect thing three days before the new year begins. It was once 
a delightful touch that made us more amenable to paying higher prices in classy restaurants. But we have now come to expect it in a first class place. To counteract this jaded response, some restaurants have begun serving two amuses. An amuse-bouche ought to be one bite of something really expensive like truffles or foie gras or crab meat. Unfortunately, we're seeing amuses that aren't much. A slice of tomato with an asparagus tip is not very amusing. I have a, um, a quote of my own, which if I do say so myself is rather clever. And I say that uh, if I go to a restaurant and um, what am I, I'm trying to think of what I usually say. I say, it's really unfortunate when the amuse-bouche is the most amusing thing that shows up in front of you in whatever restaurant it is. That's not a very good restaurant. That's not one that I would probably go back to very much. On this day in 1817, a famous literary dinner in London was hosted by British painter Benjamin Robert Hayden. Its purpose was to show his new painting, Christ's Entry into Jerusalem. But it is remembered more for the first meeting of John Cates and William Wordsworth. Your food namesake department notes that essayist Charles Lamb was also there. Boy, you talk about people you want to dine with. My goodness, Tom. Too bad you couldn't have been at that dinner. Mm, I really would have had In 1817, the poet, the, let's see, Wordsworth, yeah, both of them, um, the old kitchen sage says, if you have more than four parties of 20 or more a year, you're redoing your kitchen, putting in two dishwashers. You won't believe how convenient that is. If you stick with this rule, never have both of them filled with clean dishes at the same time. I have decided that I'm going to be able to live now without the second refrigerator that we have oh. here. Mm. For two reasons. One, because it's breaking down. I mean, it's only, what, Tom, right. from the 70s. How, how old is that green refrigerator that we have that came oh, into the marriage with you? That one has been the around. avocado a, refrigerator. I bought that when I got a car uh, about a half of a block. What, what year of the 70s was in, it? 1990-somethings. Uh, it was, what, early 70s, Tom? Early, well, I, I think it would be late 70s. Uh, I, I was... Uh, in Helena Street, which is a, ha a half a block into the... Um, it's the, mid-city, isn't it? It's mid-city, but in yeah, particular... Like right by the cemeteries. Where, how, what about if somebody gets sick and dies? Yeah. Okay, that's what you have. The there. cemetery. That's yeah. what was... Uh, it was right behind the cemetery. That's, uh -huh. I was right in back of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's where you first had the green refrigerator? Uh-huh, that's where I got it. I and see. I put it that's in, right. and it's uh, at least 72 years old. Well, no, it's uh, probably like 50-some-odd. <clears throat> but that's pretty good for a refrigerator. I mean... Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I bought this... We had this refrigerator that was part of a fancy little bunch of items that we had back in... 20 years ago, Gen Air was a real hot thing. So we had a bunch of Gen Air appliances. And they all have held up, except yeah. the microwave. Actually, no, the microwave still works. It just, you can't open it. Okay, so the well, microwave. Well, they learned over there. Well, we, we thought the microwave was dead until we realized it was actually the outlet behind it that was a problem. 
So the, they all held up except the refrigerator, which really did not make it. And then I said, you know what? I'm not going to buy anything expensive. I'm going to buy a Valley <coughs> brand. What did I buy? I think I got a Frigidaire. Hmm. And so I got a Frigidaire. And what happened with the Frigidaire is that all of the, all of the, you know how refrigerators have those shelves on the doors? All the door shelves broke off. And so I don't have any door shelf space. And then, so I really, really, we need another refrigerator. But, um, so I, I use the green refrigerator, the, the avocado one uh, in the pantry. And I use it for spillover things. But there's not going to be any spillover thing anymore because I think no one's ever going to come to this house again. No? I don't think so. I mean, except for Mary's boyfriend. Deaf dining rule number 150. If you ever encounter a bird stuffed with some kind of pate on a restaurant menu, by all means, order it. It will almost never be less than superb. What kind of stuffing, what kind of pate is stuffed in a bird, Tom? Like, what kind like, of stuff like is in a bird? Basic pate? Basic pate is stuffed in a bird? Yeah, I think they trip over What bugs is that, like a stuff. place like at Louis the Sixteenth or something? I've never seen that. Uh, Would that be like a, um, a pigeon? Yeah. Yeah. You like pigeon, don't you? Pigeons? Not especially, <laughs> but if I... Uh, Wait, what's that? If I could figure out a way to uh, carve it, uh, them, uh, um, cure... No, this is going to be hard to explain. What's the fancy word for a pigeon? I'm not. I'm going to try, but it's probably not going to come out. I'm not smart enough. But anyway, what you get out of uh, pigeons, if you get them young, they are. It begins with a C. Yeah, uh, it'll come to me in a minute, and uh, it'll. But it'll come to you, and you'll realize that this is the baby pigeon, uh, the J B, <laughs> the baby it's pigeon. It's a baby pigeon. Yeah. And it is, I think, the most delicious bird burg out there. Yeah, I know you love it. I yeah. know you've said it, but you really do love it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, try them up. You want the little ones. You don't want the big oh ones. Oh, my gosh. The, winds, the wind I guys. I can't stand are... this when I can't think of it. Um, let's see. All right. It's, I'm going to type in a gourmet word for pigeon. Because yeah. it's, it begins with a C for sure. Yeah, I, it'll come to me in a minute. I, I know. know exactly. <laughs> I know it's going to drive and me it's, crazy. And it's it's much uh, captured in Mississippi and in the, along the Gulf Coast. There's a lot of them there, and the place you always find them is underneath um, the undersides oh of All like right, we're gonna we're gonna find it. Some things that are punched in the underside of a, of a. I want to say canard, but that's not canard. It's it's, it's <clears> definitely a C. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I'm, I'm horrified by that. Anyway, Tom loves that bird. And I can't... Is Tom it an is actual pigeon, Tom? Is, <clears throat> is it like? Is it related to those birds, those disgusting birds that gather in places like St. Mark's Square and Jackson Square? and uh, They're fat. You don't wobbly. have to worry about them. They, uh, they, their way of, uh, 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 their ways of getting into their business. Yeah, but I mean, is it? Is, are they related to those those birds? Yeah, they're the they same are. thing. They, so yeah. they are. So it's a yeah. baby, a baby pigeon. Yeah. 
is the word that I'm trying to think of that you like so much. Yeah. Okay. Which you think is you think it's the best game bird that you could order on, in a restaurant, right? If I could, I would uh, eat them all the time because they're they're interesting. Their meat is very dark and has a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing about them that I would say is gross or or ugly or stupid or savvy. Squab. I squab. can't believe it took me that long squab. to it's squab. not squab. It's squab. Yes. A B at the end. Squab. Yeah. Squab. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Squab. Good. Good oh for my you. goodness. All right. Yeah. We will be back after the top of the hour news, which is coming up right now from the Louisiana Radio Network. Ding, ding, it's just ding. us. I can't give you the phone number because we're just hanging out here blathering on WGSO New Orleans. This is Alex Jones. Listen to me on WGSO 990 AM, the only locally owned independent news talk station in New Orleans. Leaf Bill before ultimately signing it. What he was trying to do is simply send the message that he wasn't really happy with the bill. The former White House chief of staff speaking there on CNBC as far as another message that he believes the president was trying to send. Congress is broken, and it is. I think a lot of us were relieved he did sign the bill because I don't think it was a plan if he didn't, but I don't think he's happy about it. A very busy Monday after Christmas for the House of Representatives. The House will be voting on a veto override after the president rejected a defense spending bill. If the House and Senate vote to override the veto, it will be the first of Trump's presidency. The TSA is saying more than 7 million passengers made their way through safety checkpoints at airports last week. You're listening to USA Radio News. It's not over. Sadly, our nation is going through tough times again, with no end in sight, and nobody knows what might happen next year. That's why it's a good idea to plan ahead so you aren't caught off guard. Nothing's more important than having enough food to eat, and we're here to help. We're My Patriot Supply, America's leading emergency preparedness company. We provide long-term emergency food that lasts up to 25 years in storage. When grocery stores run empty or disasters strike, our foods will be there when you need it most. Act now and secure at least a four-week emergency food kit full of tasty meals that provide 2,000 calories a day. We have dozens of emergency food storage kits to choose from. When the government tells you not to go out, you can have the peace of mind that comes from being prepared. When you order from MyPatriotSupply.com, your food will arrive discreetly at your doorstep in no time. Prepare today. Time is short. MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. House Democrats are all for sending Americans a $2,000 stimulus check or $4,000 for a married couple. It's Republicans in the House and Senate that are resistant to the idea. One senator who's against the idea is Republican Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Why would we be sending $2,000 to people with a six-figure income who've had no suspension, no reduction of their income at all? Consider the millions of federal employees. Never miss the check. They're not going to miss a check. Why would we be sending several thousand dollars to, to these folks? This money isn't sitting on a shelf. We're going to print it or we're going to borrow it. And I think that the aid should be much, much more targeted. It should be targeted to people who've actually lost their job. Former Full House actress Lori Loughlin is out of the big house. She was released today after serving a two-month sentence for her part in the college admissions scandal. Her husband spending five months behind bars. You're listening to USA Radio News.
Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. The baseball world is mourning the loss of a Hall of Fame pitcher. A baseball legend has died. Atlanta Braves knuckleballer Phil Necro at his 1997 Hall of Fame induction. We're all very fortunate in our life to be blessed to be associated with certain people in our lives. And I have been. 30, uh, 32 years ago, when I walked on a charter flight with Milwaukee Braves, I walked on the airplane and I told one of the guys on the Milwaukee Braves, I saw my wife which was a flight attendant, and I told this, I told Gene Oliver, in fact, that's the... Well, it's going to be a clear night tonight and a beautiful afternoon coming back at us tomorrow. But the breezes are picking up, and there may be patches of fog following Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Overnight, though, lows drop the upper 40s to low 50s with a patch of fog a possibility. In the afternoon tomorrow, into the upper 60s under sunny skies mostly. Clouds come in Tuesday night and scattered showers Wednesday. A warmer afternoon, patches of fog Wednesday morning, followed by clouds and showers. The afternoon high goes to low 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. You wouldn't believe this. Today I went out with my mommy, and what I did was mommy and I went to uh, the grocery store, and she knew that I got certain things that are really good that I love. And here's what one of them is. It's uh, those things where you... uh, some pastry down at the bottom and then there's kind of a sauce but it's not really a sauce what it is instead is uh, something uh, that can kind of extract all of uh, the things in it yeah you may as well give up i'm not (laughs) not doing well with that Translate However, that. Whenever on, we go to the store and Tom comes with me, every time we go through the checkout line, he throws a York peppermint patty on the... Yeah, well, here's yeah. another one of those funny stories like that. You see this one uh, earlier today when my wife and I, uh-huh. and uh, we, when we went um, Christmas and... Let's yeah, see, every time it? we go to the store, Tom, yeah. every time we go to the store, you got to have a York I got a New patty. York mm-hmm. uh, drunk... No, wait, that doesn't say that. It doesn't. Uh, uh Dark chocolate covered, aha, peppermint. Mm-hmm. And I have this after I finish my grocery stores and then start before I'm eating and all of that. You want some? No, thank you. But I, I know that the placement of such things by the register is really a brilliant idea. It is? Why is that? Because of what you just described. I'll bet you... There are lots of people who just throw things that they see right by the register on uh-huh. the um, belt and take it out of the store. 
I mean, we used to do that with the kids all the time, and then I haven't had to do it in years. And uh, but now we're back to it. Every time Tom comes with me to the store, there's well, a little peppermint is. patty going down the belt. Yep, true, true, true. Your words to eat by today, Tom. Yeah. It's from Denzel Washington, born today in 1954. 1954. Mm -hmm. He says a film is just like a muffin. You make it. You put it on the table. One person might say, oh, I don't like that. No. One might say it's the best muffin ever made. One might say it's an awful muffin. It's hard it? for me to say it's for me to make the muffin. What is it? That's Denzel Washington likening a film to making a muffin. Hmm. As an actor, he says he makes muffins. Hmm. Your words to drink by today, everyone who drinks is not a poet. Some of us drink because we're not poets. That's from the movie Arthur. Well, unless you don't want we to. We are going to dinner after this. We're, we're going all the way to the South Shore, which is something that we used to do all the time. And, you know, af after COVID, it's like, eh. But um, we're going to the new Two Jacks, which opens Boy, tonight. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we haven't had any news on the... Uh, well, they were, they've been opening. They were supposed to open, I think, in November uh -huh. or maybe even September. I, I don't think know. I did hear something. We were like there. That. It's funny because we were there the last night that they were open in the old place. And we are just, by coincidence, going to be there the first night that they're open in the new place. So congratulations to them for opening mm -hmm. back up before the end of the year. Because, you know, when you renovate something, especially something as large as that, and it is a sort of sensitive renovation <clears throat> that being that you have a truly iconic place iconic do you no iconic place <clears throat> you are that, iconic okay yeah um that is moving and you can't change it too much that is true because you don't want people to be upset about it. So it's really sort of a ginger sort of task that you have. And so that's, you know, kind of sort of requires a little bit extra time and probably money. Mm -hmm. And so it did not surprise me at all that they were delayed not once but twice. But today is their opening day. So we are very much looking forward to that. We went to Galatoire's on uh, Saturday So did we. We were there. We, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. We did it in typical Fitzmaurice fashion, you know, a day late and a dollar short. So um, <clears throat> we had so many people telling us how fantastic the Galatoire's Revion was that we went... <laughs> for the Revion, hoping that they were doing it even a day after Christmas, but they weren't. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we got the same stuff. Yeah. I was, uh, well, we thought that uh, there was an interesting uh, twist on this. Uh, I knew it was going to change, and I knew that everybody was going to see it change and then start complaining about it, and then there would be a little bit of... Uh, what are you talking about? 
at uh, at Dornax. Not Dornax. Like I Dallas knew that Forest was going to come. Two Jacks. Tom has Dornax on the brain. It's, it's, like it's yeah. Well, that's it's like over here. Tom has an imaginary tattoo on his brain, and it says Dornax. <laughs> anyway, um, what what came out of that was uh, was going to be uh, pretty. Uh, Are we talking about two Jacks now? No, not Antoine's. Um, no, we <laughs> let's push this off in the sound, so, and and we'll come back and return this in a, in a minute or two. Okay, so we went to Antoine's, <clears throat> and um, when I dropped my phone on the ground in the French Quarter, mm-hmm. I was a little less horrified than I normally would be. I only boiled it a few times, but um. The French Quarter has been um, light on traffic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it used to be where it would take forever to cross Bourbon Street in your car because there would just be this unending flood of humans mm-hmm. crossing. But it, it takes no time at all to cross now. It's really sad. It's great in a way, but sad in another way because the great break that you get by being able to just cross the street is indicative of how down foot traffic is down there. And um, it was better, you know, it's, it's better every time we go, but it's still, you know, nowhere near what it was or should be. But um, <clears throat> we went to Galatoire's and um, it was... <sighs> you, you've seen... I don't know. I find I find that going to restaurants in the COVID era a little depressing, depending on the restaurant. I don't notice it at a place like the Pelican Club. We've been mm-hmm. and don't notice it. Um, it's much more noticeable at Galatoire's because of the way the tables are set up. Galatoire's heretofore had been a sort of um, densely populated place with tables run very, very close together where you couldn't really walk without bumping into one. And now their tables are in sort of three rows. And there are aisles, really big aisles, between each of the rows. So it looks kind of sad because it's emptier than it used to be. But Mm -hmm. it's every bit as good as it was. Well, they've got that. And every table is filled and there's an aura of festive, which has always been a trademark at Galatoire's. On Saturday night, we were one of maybe two or three two tops could be. Everything else was a party. Mm-hmm. Everything else was a family gathering. There were, oh. you know, most of the tables were six tops and above. Well, it's, hold on a second. All, was all of this door next? No. Oh, no. There we are with that again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I need to put up for those of you that wonder why Dorian X is tattooed on Tom's brain. Um, he has a long-standing relationship with Dorignax, where he oh, is, is the right? voice of oh, Dorignax on the radio. <coughs> 
And every, every Friday, we get a series of commercials that need to be recorded for Dory mm-hmm. Max. And, um, and so it, it's never very far from his mind. Then, of course, Nicole's on with us on Thursday. She'll be on tomorrow, by the way. Uh, I mean, assuming the phones are working. But um, so we have like a long-standing relationship with the Dordnecks. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's never far from Tom's brain. We are going to take a little break right now, and we'll be back with huh. some more of the food show after this. Thank you. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. Twelve specialty flavors like Café au lait and beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the po'boy ice cream sandwich, New Orleans Ice Cream, at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. True, true, true. We are talking food, as we always do, and uh, mainly from the almanac, because we have a whole bunch of almanacs sort of backed up for the last four or five days since we haven't had a show since last Wednesday. Just so you know, we are going to have a show tomorrow and Wednesday, and then the shows, not those shows, but other shows will be replayed on Thursday and Friday. As we trickle down to 2021, gosh, all I hear from people about ringing in the new year, I say something like, (laughs) well it can only be better and then they look at me and they go are you sure about that so it's kind of a it's kind of a different sort of bringing in the new year but we're gonna do it anyway first of all because you have to do it I mean it's it's coming whether you ring it in or not but anyway um it will be an interesting interesting next couple of weeks for sure the let's see what else we can do we can go back and and grab some of the things that we missed over the last couple of days this is the birthday of actually yesterday was the birthday in 1972 of the steak knife 
if Tom was here, I guess he'll show up eventually, but, um, <clears throat> but we're going to, I want to ask him a few questions about that because, um, the steak knife, the names of the people involved in the steak knife are, um, familiar ones like Masson. I remember going to Masson's for, uh, proms when I was a kid and, um, and I'm curious to see if it's the same mass on. I would imagine it is. The Edible Dictionary for yesterday brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time, according to Food & Wine magazine. The Edible Dictionary word for yesterday, because we're doing back almanacs too, is turtle dove. It's known more from references to it in the Bible in folklore and the song 12 days of christmas a turtle dove is a pigeon family it gets its name from the on light brown pattern on its wings which does resemble that of a turtle shell it's an old world bird but it has a very close relative in the common mourning dove here in america its fame comes from its late migratory pattern where the turtle doves show up spring really has arrived and from its habit of forming lifelong couples like other doves it has long been hunted for food it would take two of them to make an entree but otherwise they resemble squab so to which they are most closely related among commonly eaten birds their meat is dark and when cooked gently stays red resembling beef that's what Tom says about squab, which, as we talked about a few minutes ago, is his favorite game bird. Um, I don't know. There's something about red meat in a bird that I would find a little disconcerting. But as I've said before, I am the non-gourmet. So um, I'm sure that if you are gourmet, red-meated birds probably are appealing to you. In 1900, Carrie Nelson, the most visible and fervent of the country's growing number of prohibitionists, made her first raid on a hotel saloon in Wichita, Kansas. She carried the hatchet that would soon become her trademark and broke every liquor bottle in the place, even the hundred-year-old cognac. Hmm. There are lots of people like that today, doing other stuff, but I... I I will stop there, but that was in 1900. It's National Fruitcake Day today. For the past few decades, fruitcake has been the butt of jokes, or joke, really, but nobody eats them. They just recycle them to other people. The jokes are as stale as the fruitcake is reputed to be. In fact, all the fruitcake that has come Tom's way in recent years has been very good. The one that he particularly likes is the one that I said my mom gave to him. It was the Creole Royale Fruitcake made by Baker Made Products, which is located in downtown New Orleans. Its green cans feature a painting of St. Louis Cathedral. All localism aside, it is an excellent product. That's assuming that you have a taste for fruitcake. I mean, if you think about it, why is fruitcake the butt of a joke? I mean, it's cake, and it's got fruit in it, and there are people who love fruit in 
cakes, layered, trifle, that sort of thing. I think it's just, it's, it's like, it's like caviar, only the, it's like a reverse caviar. Caviar, if it wasn't caviar, and it didn't have a high price tag, making it a fancy gourmet product, how many people would really, really dig caviar? Would really relish the idea of spooning a bunch of raw fish eggs, okay, cured fish eggs, into their mouth? Probably not many. Fruitcake, on the other hand, you would think would be a lot more popular because it's cake, which is popular, and fruit, and dried fruit, which all of which have an audience. And because it's dissed so frequently, people shy away from it when they probably wouldn't if it didn't have that negative reputation. We're such, we're such silly people sometimes, I think. This is where I would blather 5569696 and I can barely, it's almost like a reflex. But I would say that you should take that, that number down and call it in the next couple of days because we will be looking for phone calls when the phones get fixed or rejiggered or whatever it is. Tom, I was looking for you a minute ago. I want you to sit down and tell me about this. Oh. In 1972, in 1972, mm -hmm. yeah. Bobby Roth and Bobby Ernie Roth Masson familiar. opened a new restaurant in Lakeview called The Steak Knife. Oh, <clears throat> that's a classic. It was a good combination. Roth had a popular bar in the affluent Lakeview neighborhood of New Orleans. Masson's, mm -hmm. oh, so it is Masson's. Masson's restaurant in West End was almost certainly the best first-class restaurant in that quadrant of the city. Tom, what happened to Masson's? It was really, it was a French restaurant, right? Well, it was, a, well, that's what they called it. They called it a, a, a um, French restaurants, those exact words. And uh, one of them was uh, the, the family that put this together. Uh, mostly guys, there were a couple of ladies who were involved in it. How old was it? It was pretty old, wasn't it? Well, when she got to the end of things, uh, I can't remember her name exactly, but this is one of the young young members of the uh -huh. family. Uh, and they uh, a pretty good uh, idea about it. Uh, and he and she got in there and she reworked the whole dining room and a little bit in elsewhere, and she made a big fuss over that. <clears throat> and how this wasn't just some little place that has hamburgers and things. He wanted everybody to know this it was, was kind of a fancy restaurant. It was. Wasn't it? I mean, for its day. It was It was fancy <clears throat> for its day. Well, it wasn't just for its day. They went for mints of money. Uh, for It was thought of in New Orleans as being a, a, a real flavor. But they, it was it, sort of out of the way, which is kind of odd they were. that you'd have a restaurant yeah, like so that on, out of the way. For those people who don't have any idea what we're talking about, Masson's was located yeah. in the in that little space that is now a strip shopping mall uh -huh. as right. you head west, right past West End. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that, and it was uh, it was a good restaurant. It I used to go there pretty often, uh -huh. and uh, I had 
lots of and it was a lot of fun. There. That's all I can remember about them. But but they were a uh, uh, Saint Cardney, Cardney. So okay. all right, so why did Masons close? Who? Why did Masons close? I think they just reached a point where the old side of the the young people who owned it uh, just said, "I can't take the amount of work in with." The, and <laughs> well, then who's he, Ernie Masson? <clears throat> Who, who it was, wasn't Ernie. It was well. Ernie Masson is da, the one da, who went ta, over and did the steak knife with Bobby Roth. So yeah, there were uh, there were four of them at their peak. Were these like the next generation? Yeah, the younger generation. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, but they had definitely made that change, and so they uh, changed a new kind of a restaurant. But it 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 stayed for a while, and then the young person who took it over. One day, about an hour, about a year or two, maybe. After taking it over, said, forget it. And that was uh-huh. that. That was the I end see. of that. Uh-huh. And okay, but, but who was never Ernie? came back. Because he went over and, and worked with Bobby Roth at the steak uh-huh. knife, but that didn't last very long because Bobby Roth has had the steak knife alone for a long time, right? Yeah. I, if I sat here and thought about it real hard and uh, worked on it, I could probably come up with the name of the place. But one that I, that sticks in my mind is that um, they were uh, always telling jokes about everything. That, and there was one uncle in particular. He was a grown-up, but he used to tell these jokes. Are we talking about the Massons? The Massons, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and especially one, one of their waiters. Whenever I went over there, I went to see the Oscar and see what was on his mind. Was and he made a big fuss over it, and then uh, that was the end of it. And then they tore down the building. It's long yeah. since toned down. Yeah. It was kind of it was kind of an oldish kind of falling apart kind of building, wasn't it? It was good. It there was no doubt about the it. It was a good, was good. It was kind of corny because these guys yeah. were not particularly sophisticated. On the other but, hand, but they but they were sort of pretending to be, right? They yeah, they oh yeah. they definitely yeah. did. There's right. no question right. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's what happened to it. It's like, yeah, eh, you're not really sophisticated. Yeah, well, yeah, it was something like that. Okay, so Bobby Roth had a very popular bar in Lakeview and he still has a very popular bar because the steak knife is a bar scene, isn't it? Don't you think? I don't know what the, you're referring to. The bar to. at the steak knife is a scene. The, oh, oh, it may well it's have it. It's a scene. They had a pr- pretty good live section for a long stretch uh-huh. right over there. It's a really nice place. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, down, it's, it's uh, uh, at the edge of... It's now one of two places where I've gotten some very bad news, and I, and I can't put it out of my mind now that, you know, whenever I go there. But but I do love the place, and the bar scene is really hopping. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that carried over to uh, to the restaurant. All right, it is time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. It's the bottom of the hour, and we will be back. Uh, can't call us, 556-9696, but call us tomorrow. We'll be back. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Former Governor Edwin Edwards is back home after a trip to LSU Health Shreveport over the weekend. Matt Doyle has more. Everything turned out fine. All the tests showed great. Edwards biographer Leo Honeycutt says the 93-year-old former governor was in Shreveport to have routine medical tests run over the weekend. He says it was a scheduled visit and Edwards flew back home on Sunday. They said that, that he was good to go. His wife Trina says he was good to go, so I don't know the specific results, but obviously he was in good shape or they would not have released him. He says Edwards tested negative for COVID and was given a test. As a precaution, he was not having symptoms. I'm Matt Doyle. 
From the LHSAA Prep Classic, Oak Grove defeated Grand Lake for the 1A title 33-7. Tigers senior running back Ron Creighton rushed for 191 yards and two touchdowns. The four-day Prep Classic began yesterday at Northwestern State and wraps up on Wednesday. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Football. Here at Tiger Rack, we know this is the most anticipated football season since last football season. You want fluff, eat a marshmallow. I like the taste. But if you want the dirt, Tiger Rack's got the shovel. The only way to get more info on LSU sports is by wiretapping a coach. Tiger Rack Magazine. On newsstands today and online at TigerRack.com. AC Ambulance are the ones to talk to for all your heating and cooling needs. Call Sid, you'll be happy you did. AC Ambulance is also proud to lend a helping hand to our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. The best best part is you can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.fridaysfromthefunkyuncle.com every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge December 4th, Russell Batiste and Friends, December 11th, Little Freddie King, and December 18th, Chris Royal and Dark Matter. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, follow us on social media at Fridays from the Funky Uncle. For innovative, premium, energy-efficient indoor climate management solutions, make sure to contact AC Ambulance. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. True, true, true. They are not, indeed. All right, let's see what else we have here. I didn't read your piece about the steak knife, so I'm going to do that now. Today in 1972, Bob Roth and Ernie Masson opened a new restaurant in Lakeview called the Steak Knife. Oh, this was a good combination. Roth had a popular bar in the affluent Lakeview neighborhood of New Orleans. Masson's restaurant in West End was almost certainly the best first-class restaurant in that quadrant of the city. They served prime steaks, of course, but they also had a menu that covered all the other bases of local dining, too. I mean, they they liked a lot of lamb. They had more lamb at that restaurant than you saw anywhere else. Well, back in that day, that would have been lamb with mint jelly for sure. Would you like to sit down, Tom? You're a little far from the mic. After uh, it caught on as a, an upscale, it caught on as an upscale neighborhood restaurant with a strong regular clientele. After about a decade, Roth bought out Masson, and his sons and daughter moved into the operation. Their father passed away some years ago, but the Roths continue moving forward. In the night in, in the nineties, the steak knife moved across the street from its original location. 
<clears throat> the old space is now Susan Spicer's Mondo and expanded into some private rooms with live music. The restaurant took a heavy hit from the Katrina flood, but like the rest of Lakeview, it came back strong and as good as ever. Bobby Roth is still alive, Tom, isn't he? Not one of my favorites. I think he is. I think he is. I don't, I'm confused about the way that's written. <coughs> Today is the birthday in 1740 of Jean-Étienne de Borae, one of the most important figures in the early history of New Orleans. He was born in Illinois when it was still part of French Louisiana and educated in France. He moved to New Orleans in 1776. On the parcel of land where Ottoman Park is now, it was inherited by his wife. He started a plantation. He first grew indigo, but soon moved to sugar. He pioneered the process of granulation sugar, which revolutionized the sugar industry and made Debore a wealthy man. When the United States took over the Louisiana Territory in 1803, Governor Claiborne named him the first mayor of New Orleans. And so he was the namesake of the restaurant Etienne. No, he wasn't, was he? Etienne was the guy's name, wasn't it? Tom, mm. do you remember Etienne's? Etienne's. Etienne's, yeah, which he, was in he the... evolved into An, um, and Andrea. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Etienne's was um, a, a French guy who whose name was Etienne, right? No. Oh, no? Yeah. Well, the, the, <laughs> Etienne was solid French, uh, yeah, although he... Yeah, right. And then the next bunch came, uh -huh. was more or less the same idea. Okay. Wait, are you talking about Andreas? Yeah. No, Andreas is Italian, Northern yeah. Italian. Yeah, but well, it was, you know, <clears throat> the, the Etienne's in Metairie was the first really gourmet restaurant in Metairie, unless I'm wrong about that, because mm -hmm. that goes back a ways before Metairie had any real fine dining. Is that right, Tom? Was it, ATN's like the first really fancy restaurant in Metairie yeah. that you can recall? Yeah, that was a big, big deal. It and was. they were always using the phrase of, let's see if I can remember it, uh, the the big bus will buy you all over to where you have to go. Where. What? <laughs> Something like that. But it's true. I mean, if you come around... For that, you need... Both. So then ATN sold to Andrea. Yeah. And Andrea had the mm. first really nice Italian restaurant in Metairie. It, it was Italian, but he was into uh, other things as well. He claimed, and this is... A, Andrea we're talking about? Andrea. Well, Andrea is a classical European chef. Yeah. And I he, mean, he does and it all. And if you go in there and tell him, I want this, he'll just sit yeah. down and make yeah. it up. And he will come back and give it to you. Uh, that's well, he's just a first-class restaurateur. I mean, and he, he really didn't is. complain about it either. He said, "I would never." You'd never hear him say, "I, I don't uh, do well, this with bananas yeah, or anything." He loves like. it. He'd just do it. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's <clears throat> he's. We had sort of a handful of classically trained European chefs that came to the mm -hmm. city, and really left their mark with restaurants of European style elegance, wouldn't you say? Uh-huh, oh yeah. yeah, no question about it. I mean, I'm trying to think, there's Gerard, Croger, Willie Well, he's Cohn, gone, so that's that. Um, Gafredo. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, Chris, Caragiorgio. 
um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some others, but, but that era, and we're talking like 70s, 80s, when they came in town and, and really did fancy, fancy stuff. I mean, obviously, Antoine's goes back to, uh-huh. you know, the 1800s. You know, I mean, that guy was... Yeah. That guy was present at the execution of Robespierre, you know, but, um, but I wouldn't, I don't know, I guess, I guess you could say it's the same thing, only many, many generations earlier. I don't know. Maybe what I'm saying doesn't make any sense at all. But I'm just saying that in my time, in the 70s and 80s, the guys that I just named are classical European chefs who have come to town and done some pretty fancy food. Andreas uh-huh. has has lost its luster from when it first opened, that's for sure. But when it first opened, it was pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. I remember you, Tom, we first started dating right around the time they opened. Andreas had opened just about, what, maybe a year or two before? Let's see, they opened in... All right, let me try to think of this. It was 85, 83 that they opened. And Could be. Yeah, and uh, and so he's been open like almost 40 years, hmm. Andreas has. But that was the era when I, I would say that I took notice of these guys, and, and that's not saying very much because – Gourmet food was definitely off my radar for sure until I started hanging around with you. Then I realized what it was. I still love that story that I tell about Legals when I wound up having lunch there at Legals and it was a four hour lunch. And I thought, wow, do people actually eat for four hours? <laughs> well, you know, you got to live <laughs> some kind of way. I realized, yeah, they do. We went to Antoine's, as I said the other night, and the. Um, the bill was like $100, most of which was Tom. I think I sat there and watched Tom eat four courses. What like did I do? Like the good old days, Tom, when we first started dating, and I was 50 pounds lighter, and I would watch you eat for probably six courses, and I would have one course. That's what I did the other night. That's what I got to go back to doing because I really, you know, I don't even care about it that much, but... um but I had the, we didn't even say what we had. Tom had um, souffle potatoes. Were the souffle potatoes good, Tom? Because you've, you've had your falling off of souffle f- potato fandom. Are you, are you back on that? Were those good souffle potatoes? Souffle potatoes, by the way, last night, uh, two shags. Oh, wait a minute. It's back off stash scoop bags. Wait, uh-huh. I'm not going through this right, right, for some reason. Um, are are very very good. I always thought that's a brilliant. Well, I know you love them, but then you had this <clears throat> you had this period where you were saying that um, there was something amiss yeah, with souffle yeah. potatoes where it, they were. It really is. And kind of. Oh, so they still that's still going on in your mind. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a okay. reality for okay. me. We had uh-huh. <clears throat> a big uh, bowlful. Well, I thought they were pretty. I thought they were pretty nice looking. Um, I mean, I don't really, I don't really get the souffle potatoes thing. I mean, I you got to be. I've there. never gotten it, even when they were better. But I do agree with you, Tom. There's something that's making souffle potatoes puff up 
in a way that they're a hard, crispy shell. Mm-hmm. And not soft in any way. And I remember... There was a time when souffle potatoes had sort of a hard shell, but it wasn't real, real hard. It was just enough to make them handleable, but they were still kind of soft. And then I agree with you, they're not the same as they used to be. So the ones that we had at Antoine's, uh, not Antoine's, at Galatoire's. Did I say Antoine's first? It's Galatoire's. Galatoire's are yeah. still rocking and rolling. Uh, yeah. No so problems we, there. So we had, we had souffle potatoes. Yeah. And then we had, um, we had, uh, you had Oysters Rockefeller, which I thought was really good. It's just, it's yeah, just it was, not but a great dish. Really I mean, yeah, you got that, that one. That was good. Yeah. And then you had some turtle soup. And then for some inexplicable reason, you got chicken clemenceau. What possessed you to do that? Time? Clemenceau, I had that uh, two nights ago. Yeah, what possessed it's you to do classic, that? It's a classic shrimp, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, chicken, the uh, chicken fro, uh, fromageau, is that it? I have no idea anyway, what you're saying. Uh, well, uh, that, uh, that chef in that case... He's uh, taking a classic recipe that would come out of a nice roasted from humanity forever and ever, amen, uh -huh. uh, beginning of that restaurant. Uh, and and it would complete to be like that. They would completely offer it. Okay, yeah. so um, you, had, you liked the turtle soup, right? The turtle soup was very good. Okay, and you liked the... Uh, the oysters Rockefeller, I thought, were maybe the best I've ever had there. Fantastically yeah, good. I thought they were and, really, really good. And uh, in recent years, I've been <clears throat> saying that I didn't think that uh, that um, Antoine's was up to speed on a few of its things, and that was one of them. Yeah. But uh, as it turns out... Uh, well, it wasn't Antoine's, it was Galator's. Uh, well, I was going that way. Yeah, Galator's. <clears throat> but, um, okay, and then you had the chicken clemenceau. Yep. And I had, uh, once um, I had everybody, I was listening to everybody all week talk about how great the Revion was, and they talked about the shrimp remoulade and the uh, trout meunier. I decided, okay, I need to have a piece of trout meunier at Galatoire's. Mm -hmm. So I ordered just <clears throat> the trout meunier. And Tom That's had four pretty much courses, it. and I had one course, and the bread was exceptionally good. It was mm -hmm. a lovely evening. It was a lovely evening. Yeah. It was busy in there. It didn't start out that way, but it certainly ended up that way. It was nice, nice dinner yeah. at Galatoire's. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back for a few good, minutes good. before we end. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. 
Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? We are back. I was making a phone call and I listened to such a long list of things that by the time uh, <laughs> by the time uh, they, it ended, uh, we were back on the air. All right. So yes, we were talking about uh, not Antoine's but Galatoire's. I get my you know it's it's a Grand Dame festival. We were talking about Antoine's meaning Galatoire's, and tonight we're going to Two Jacks. So. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to having a report about that when we come back tomorrow, where hopefully you'll be able to call us mm-hmm. and we can talk about it directly. This is the uh, day in 1822 when Louis Pasteur, the father of modern food safety, was born. He invented the process that bears his name. It was originally used for milk, but it was so effective in slowing spoilage in other foods that it's become universal. For all that, it's considered a negative in gourmet circles. Pasteurized cheese, crab meat, wine, there is such a thing, mostly from kosher wineries, and beer are all thought of as inferior to their non-pasteurized equivalent. Still, our food supply would be much leaner and more hazardous without pasteurization. Pasteur was also the author of one of the best short pieces of advice. Chance favors only the prepared mind. That's a good quote. Chance favors only the prepared mind. Interesting. Very true and interesting. So, Tom, uh, wasn't there or isn't there a pasteurized oyster? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they've done that for off and on. In it's been down, about 20 years, I think, they've been doing pasteurized the, oysters. Are they it, still doing that? Yeah, it's probably permanent. Is it's, it, it's really a good product. Is it good? I think Excellent. it's good, is it? Now, what does it do? Does it take out that villa, it, it, whatever? It, excuse me, it winds up, gets uh, three people together instead of just two. Well, it's... it's but um, that sounds stupid, but that's really what happens. Okay, so that I'm trying to... I'm going to have to search that bacteria. Um does it remove that bacteria, that V something? What's the bacteria? Well, uh, I just wonder, we, we get to the end of the program today. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we leave, right? Well, yeah, yes, but except here's the, here's the kicker, babe. Yeah. Uh, we're not at the end of the program no. yet. <laughs> yeah, we're not at the end of the program yet. So um, we will be in just a minute, though, but not, not right now. I'm, I'm still looking for the little VI something, whatever it is. People who are listening to the show who send me text, would you tell me what the name of that bacteria is? Begins with a V. I want to say Vilnius, but that's the capital of, is it Bulgaria? <laughs> Vilnius is the capital of Bulgaria, I think. Anyway. This guy has me way All right, back. let's see. Your words to eat by today, Tom, are from Hinton Helper, who was a writer born in 1829. He, oh, ha- I have seen kind of purer liquors, better cigars, finer tobacco, truer guns and pistols, 
larger dirks and bowie knives and prettier courtesans here in San Francisco than in any other place I have ever visited. California can and does furnish the best bad things that are available in America. I would say that's still true. There's an Irish proverb words to drink by today. As we start the new year, let's get down on our knees to thank God we're on our feet. And that is, uh, that is true of everyone, truer of some people after this tumultuous year, especially for the restaurant industry everywhere. Deaf dining rule number 209, when dining in a restaurant that covers its tablecloths with paper, don't even give a thought to wipe <laughs> what might be on that cloth after being used by how many previous diners. Tom has always had a thing about that, and I totally agree with that. Um, it's not such a great idea and isn't all that... Um, it doesn't make all that great an impression. We go to uh, New Orleans Food and Spirits a lot. And I always uh, find their method of tablecloth-ery to be interesting. It is a white piece of paper, but about 50 of them. And they just rip off the top one after someone has left. But that's never bothered me uh, because the paper is very thick and um, it's casual and it's it's kind of totally fine. It doesn't it doesn't offend me at all. Another food invention today. Oh, it's too bad Tom walked off. I hope he should he should come back because this is one of Tom's very favorite products of all time. I have been, um, I finally told Tom to stop making his own coffee because I got tired of cleaning up the mess. And so uh, I make the coffee now. And I've decided that Tom drinks an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of coffee in the course of a day. I mean, coffee drinkers who are really committed coffee drinkers, I guess this is sort of normal for them, but I mean, it just wouldn't dawn on me to have 12 cups of coffee in a day. So I decided today I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad he's not here because I'm going to tell a secret. I've decided that I'm going to go back to using real sugar because Tom used to have this very complicated coffee sweetener blend which was I don't know a teaspoon of sugar and two sweet and lows or I don't know what it was but this but now that I'm doing it for him I have to get it right you know what it is so I've decided that it's really a pain to tear those sweet and low packets and there's a million little shreds of pink half-torn sweet and low packets around. So while he's not looking, I'm going to go back to putting sugar in there to see if he can actually tell the difference between sugar and sweet and low in the coffee because the sweet and low packets are annoying and the sugar would just be so much easier. So I'll have to see if he's um, 
if he's still as good at the palate as he used to be. But getting back to the point of what I was just talking about, Benjamin Eisenstadt, the creator of Swedenlow, was born today, or yesterday actually, in 1906. The Sweet Stuff in the Tom. This is a big day. Yesterday was a big day for you. You don't realize it. And it's a big day today. Um, Benjamin Eisenstadt yeah. created Sweet and Low. Oh, yeah? He was born yesterday, and, yes. He, the creator of and, Sweet and, and Low. And that, there's a story behind that. Yeah, well, what is it? Because I'm going to read it in a minute, but what is it? Do you remember? Get over to the mic. What's the story behind Sweet and Low? It uh, started in the manufacturing of New York City uh, that was in the Ace, I mean, uh, sorry, sorry. Um, over there, they raised and packaged sugar. Saccharin? Are we talking about saccharin? Sh sh saccharin and everything else, but we're, taking, we're talking about sugar. Okay, and, regular and, white sugar. And okay. in uh, mm -hmm. North, North New York, there, the, everywhere you go, big, big uh, gadgets that uh, bring uh, that kind of thing into the business. And then you, you know, you, that's how they do it. And uh, there was an, a mother, one, one of the mothers of two of the people who worked there was always going in their little rack neck yeah. uh -huh. and, and, um, and say, um, told, told the uh, president of the, of the Morton So Company is the name of it, if I'm not mistaken. Morton Salt? Morton Salt. Wait, what does that have to do with sugar? Because sugar is everything in New York City. It was a huge, huge business. Sugar? Sugar. Uh -huh. And uh, all the stuff that goes in there. Okay. Right. So, uh, is that the story? Yeah. Well, there's more to it. The lady, the, the little old lady who kind of sat and drinking coffee in her yeah. morning, uh -huh. and she um, gave gave uh, whoever it was that you were talking about a minute ago. Uh, Benjamin Eisenstadt, who created okay. Sweet and Low. Right, and and he got the idea mm -hmm. from his mother. Well, I don't know. Let's uh, and, see if that's what it says here. Well, but what they they didn't either care about it. What they did was have it uh, coated with uh, more uh, sugar, and <sighs> and there you'll be if you okay. if you there are a couple of ducks on this subject. Okay, books. And the they'll sweet tell you everything stuff in you want. the pink envelope was the first granular form of saccharin, which before that time came only as an inconvenient liquid or in pills so tiny that they were hard to use. Mm -hmm. When Sweet and Low hit the market in 1957, uh -huh. hmm, Eisenstadt yeah. used Pro the same packets he invented for sanitary portions of sugar. It was the packaging that made it the market leader. The pink packets have since dropped to number three behind yeah. the yellow and blue packets. Um, Tom, you keep it up, though. You, can, you, yeah. do, this, you do the, the pink ones and, almost and, exclusively. And because All I right, we're going to leave you with the old kitchen sage says, when a morning has heavy frost, it's time to schedule a time to defrost the freezer and throw away at least a third of what's in it. We never really do that. We just keep defrosting it. All right, that's can it I, for us. Tomorrow oh, we oh. will have phones. You can call us. But uh, so five five six nine six nine six. Call us tomorrow. I hope the phones will be back. 
But first, let me tell you about the platforms that we have if you would like to pursue them. We have our notemenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That's where you will find a lot of the things that we talked about today on the show. That's where you'll find Tom's vintage pieces, his body of work over 50 years is serialized in, uh, in nomenu.com. It is also where you can sign up for the newsletter, which comes out twice a week. It's a beautiful product, if I do say so myself. Our daughter does a great job with that. You can get all those things delivered to your inbox. Nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Sign up for it there. Also, we'd love for you to follow us on our Instagram, which is at the New Orleans Menu. A lot of pretty pictures there. It's stuff that we do and uh, write about and then post the pictures. We also have... um, Oh yeah, I have um, Emmy the Story Lady, which is my own podcast on Spotify and all of those platforms. That's E-M-M-I-E. I I have transcribed and rewritten uh, children's classic tales and recite them there. If your kids are bored and you want to put some background stuff on, Emmy the Story Lady, E-M-M-I-E, the Story Lady. Next up, Tim, Tim McNally for the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. We're done for the day. Good night. See you tomorrow, WGSO New Orleans. Want to hear more than just the same sports topics about the same sports teams? Then tune in to All Season Long with me, Sean Ross, Thursdays at 1 p.m. right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. Information on national security. We just aren't getting all the information that we need from the outgoing administration in key national security areas. It's nothing short, in my view, of irresponsible.